If you have a Bible or even an artificial device, if you look in Isaiah 57, there's, um, it's really um, questionable, and I think I told Ellen and Angela not to read the Old Testament after nine o'clock because it was there was so much filth and ugly stuff there. And of course they ran to it and went to the closet and mocked me. I've I've been mocked ever since I've been here by the antithetical darlings. And uh, it's okay, it doesn't hurt you. It's good for you. And if you would take, if you have the capacity to look at this, just glance at it. And may I say this, um, if you would take what you read, keep it to yourself, but as you praise the Lord today, uh, consider that um, he has put us in this, um, predicament in hope that we wouldn't like ourselves and if by now you're still in love with yourself you you really haven't got the message yet and and to some degree even when we get the message we don't necessarily uh, uh, come to the real line of demarcation. So just look at this uh, and let's do this. Let, uh, I'll give you till 20 till. You got about six minutes to finish it. Now let's, uh, okay, now let's make it uh, 18 minutes till, okay? And then, or just read it and as you, get, as you finish, or you said I've had enough, that you can you can begin to gather, Lord. Open our our eyes to see this um, X-rated um, chunk of the word. Uh, and how have we fit into it? And how do we get out of it? Uh, we thank you that there is a way, and that you have delivered us and separated uh, what we've been as far as the east is from the west. Uh, so open our eyes uh, by your power. Isaiah 57.
church and school. It's a good old hymn called There's Power in the Blood. And I don't know about you, but when Gabe texted me yesterday and asked me to leave, I almost told him no because I've just been working hard and kind of feel like I've been running on empty. But there is power in the blood of Jesus. So I encourage you to look at the words because I really hate to be the only one up here singing the words. So.
discussing Isaiah 57, but hold that. I'll put this on. There is a section in there that goes right with Isaiah 42 where I'm going to be at, so we'll look at that as well. Appreciate the Lord meeting us this morning, don't you? I thought during worship, uh, the thing that would scare me the very most, really of anything, is if uh, I ceased to feel the work of the Lord in my life. If I, if I woke up one day and I really cease to feel the working of the Lord in my life, that would be a bad day. That's, that is, uh, which is to say, I'm thankful that not only is the work of the Lord going on, but that He lets us be aware of it. Uh, and that's really what I'd like to discuss today is, are you 
Are you aware of the work of the Lord in your life? And how much does it matter to you? Very simple. Uh, are you aware of the work of the Lord in your life? And how much does it matter to you? The entire intention of the enemy is to get our soul wrapped up in the non-essentials of this life, whatever form they come in for you, whether they're grand or whether they're mere. They're non-essentials. But if you can get my soul wrapped up in the non-essentials, it dulls me to what he's actually at work to do. I mean, it's just, it really is as simple as that. The, the engagements, the distractions, the commitments, the grams, the glorious, the base, all of those things. Uh, I find that I'm not uh, as alert as I need to be that the enemy is at great work on the opposite side to keep me entangled in just the subterfuge, the non-essentials. You can have a powerful word or you can have a bad word, but they're just non-essentials of what is going on in my life that God is after. And, uh, you know, I was thinking um, of all the great things, you know, that, that mankind has done. And even in your own life, if you think about the most important thing you've ever done, whatever your greatest, greatest accomplishment is in your life, uh, you know, if you think back, what is the most important thing that's happened to you? The thing that you've worked the hardest at? You know, there's, there's a lot of grand things that, that man has done, amazing things. I pulled up last night while I was pondering on this, greatest achievements of mankind. Anybody have any thoughts on what some of the top few achievements of mankind are? Landing on the moon, that was, that was number two in most of the reviews. Don, landing, I knew Don was gonna say that, I know that. The other one is pretty close to that taking flight, getting off the ground, one of the greatest, just life-changing accomplishments, you know, of mankind. I mean, just, there's some major thing, you know, the Egyptian pyramids are a big one. Vaccines, always in the top four of the greatest life-changing across the globe to millions of people, vaccines. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of important things just today. If you were to step back and try to take a snapshot of what's going on, there is, there are some big, important things going on in the world. You know, we're, I went up to Wainwright. We've got some of the biggest jobs we've ever got going. And just standing there, we have some great, a great superintendent, thank you, Lord, that knows what he's doing because it, it literally is over our heads. I can tell you the job going on, we've done a lot of building, but it, the, the level of detail, I'll show you some pictures sometime, of the concrete preparations going on in this aquatic center are, they're beyond what we've done. We have a guy that knows more than we do. It's a good thing. I mean, it just is, it was, I'd be sitting down probably just weeping over some plans still, but, um, and I like, I like building, I like doing plan, but just the level, we've got, we've got probably 50 or 60 guys that are all, all of people working for you up there on, on two jobs about 200 yards apart. There's just guys like the sand of the sea just going and thousands of man hours being spent as well. But um, we may not make money, we're gonna get it done. But it just is, you know, when, when you put a lot of guys on, the, the, the things that man can do, it is pretty impressive. Take a read on the Hoover Dam, just, just striking up the, the initiative. To, we're, gonna, we're gonna block up this freaking river. We're gonna make a dam that is so high that it's gonna make hydropower for the chunk of California. And these weren't, they didn't have all the things we have, you know. 
We're going to put guys blasting on this side. What are we gonna, we're going to divert this river first thing. You know, we're going to we're going to blow a hole through this mountain on this side and on this side. We're going to set up some competition because that's what drives mankind. Crews stacked three stories high on rickety scaffolding. Guys passing out because they would replace the canary birds so that they wouldn't see that the oxygen level was low. Dropping off scaffolds. They, this guy that did that was going to get the job. Some great things. I mean, it's amazing to look at what's been done, you know. We're going to cut a channel through Panama, you know I mean? I don't know what you've done this week, but none of you have done anything like that. I haven't, you know. <laughs> There's the joke about, <laughs> is it Reagan, Brian Reagan, you know, sitting in the bar, guys all bragging about what they've done, you know. This is my PhD here, you know, and this guy over here, you know, I'm a multi-billionaire investor here, and, you know, the... There's another guy at the other end of the table. Listen, everybody, what have you done? I stepped on the moon. <laughs> just, excuse me. Yeah. Anyway, there's, you know, there is, it, there is amazing, and we'll look at Orville and Wilbur Wright for a second, but my whole point is that those things, they, there's a lot, there is a lot of intention, a lot of purpose that you and me put into what is important to us. But there is nothing that even comes close to the intention of God right. for the work that he has, that he is going to finish in our life. Nothing. And uh, it's embarrassing to think back on the appointments with uh, the Holy Spirit that have been bumped off of my calendar for far lesser things. That's a kind way of saying it. Far lesser things. I, I just... This is simply what I want to say today is that there has got to be a uh, committing, um, an acknowledging beyond anything for it to actually happen. We have to have some intention with the intention of God in our life. It has to be paramount. Turn to, uh, I think it's in Luke. <clears throat> I want to look at the parable of the talents very briefly. Um, Nope, I want to pause on that one. Go to Matthew 25. We're not going to read the whole thing. <clears throat> Whitestone has a lot more going on than ever, right? We have, we have more going on than ever. I just, as I drove home, uh, you know, we got a lot of other projects that are taking place. Other places we have, we have the outpost, right? There's a lot going on there went in there just kind of we're going around getting things done and just there's a lot going on and I was realizing how insignificant uh, all of these things that have been given to us uh, that are for our provision uh, it's really frightening to consider that if any of them could take us off track that that'd be a real waste of our time whatever it is whatever the thing you know we, we are into commerce, we're into, we're, whatever, there's a lot of fantastic things. But there must be, there must be a growing, not a receding, there must be a growing commitment, a growing care, a growing awareness of what has been placed within us. The talent that has been placed within you and me, great or small, from the Spirit of God, He is looking for a return from that talent. We know the story, I just want to, I want to take a look at a specific part of it. Uh, <clears throat> Start in verse 14 of Matthew 25. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants, delivered unto them as goods. 
And unto one he gave five talents, unto another two, unto another one, every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them another five talents. Likewise, he that received two gained another two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth, and hid his Lord's money. And so he that received the five talents came and brought the five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest to me five talents, behold, I have gained them five more. And we will know the Lord says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many. He also that had received two came and said, Lord, you gave me two, here are the two talents besides. Well done. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, you know what I have known about thee? I thought you were a hard man. Reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't strawed. And I was afraid. So what did I do? I hid your talent in the earth. There it is. You know, you want it? There it is. <coughs> and the Lord answered, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not, gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore at least to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto him which hath shall be given, and he shall have, I love this, abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. All of us here have been given a talent. There is a talent of the life of Christ that has been given to us. There is an intention of God for each of us from the measure that we have been given to grow in that talent. You know what is a big problem? And I, I said a little about this, but I'm, I'm slowly waking up to the, to the it's, it's not, um, it's just the weight. It's not that God's after us to get us, but he is very serious about something happening with the talent that he's been given. In other words, if you're here and you're aware of the calling of God in your life, to just let it drift away into the commerce of life, that's a big problem. That should be the most concerning thing going on in my heart, that I'm giving effort, I'm giving ear, I'm giving uh, will, I'm giving uh, my consent to the work of God above all, above all. There's going to be a reckoning. There is, there's a continual reckoning of the Spirit in our life, but the Lord is looking for growth. He's looking for fruit. He's looking for uh, a return on the life that He has given us. So no matter what you'd like to think, no matter, maybe, the, you know, we have everybody at different ages. There's a lot going on in this world that seems exciting that is an opportunity, right? I mean, I totally get it more than ever. Having money, having my truck, having my things, those are, those are appealing. They're, they're fun. They're happening things. But if the talent of the life of God has been put in your heart, you know what I want to tell you? You are messed up for life. You're, the Lord is going to track you down. <laughs> He intends to get purpose. He intends to get a return of life. You know, what does that take? We're going to take a look today at some of the people that just disregarded that. But it's not a smart thing. It's a bad call to just ignore the, the work of God in your life. And there's so much. You know, I just, um, most of the, of the, as I said, you call it whatever you want. Just the, the non-essentials of life that... that uh, what they do in our soul is they take away the hunger for the things of the Lord. Um, it doesn't sound so bad, but it's bad. Um, I can just tell you that all of us, young to old, 
We've all got devices. There's amazing things, you know. What's your interest? I don't care what it is, from cheese to hunting to, you know, technologies to the space. There's, this thing knows what you're interested in, you know. Don probably doesn't get ads on his phone, you know, about uh, cooking, you know. I think, I think they're gonna be space things, you know. My father's a lot of amazing building things and hunting things. I don't know how it knows, but there's, there's some very interesting things. When I see a big moose, I might pause for a minute, you know, if I see a project that is enormous or something. You know, it's, maybe you're into football, so whatever. It doesn't matter, you know. Uh, it's a fact, you know. All of us have to, have to work at it. I mean, it just, it can consume your time and just waste it away. What happened in the last hour? Man, I just read the most amazing thing. Maybe it was something totally, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's grand or, or trite, right? It, I, it doesn't matter. I, my kids know I don't like movies on Friday nights because it just is, you know, coming to service, there should be a preparation of heart. Does it matter any of the rest of the week? It always matters. Every time matters. Is, is the Lord, is there freedom and liberty more than ever? Absolutely. But it does matter that there's a, a, a giving and a preparation of my heart more than anything else. More than anything else to the work of the Lord. That's what matters. And the things that, that are not at that level... They must start to fall away. And it, and it really is. Um, you know, you look, we were, uh, I guess, a couple weekends ago, camping, listening to um, Keith Green, who just has some uh, amazing songs. The Lord, of course, just, you know, caught him up by, by the throat, changed his life. But as, was that Abel talking about Keith Green? Some to talk. You know, the Lord took him in a plane crash. Some, uh, there's, there's others, uh, Rich Mullins like that, that, um, that died right when they were, Right when their music was taking off, really globally taking off, uh, and it's it. I thought of that as the mercy of the Lord because it is so rare. Uh, you know, the Daniels of life are so rare. They're so rare to be to be smack in the middle of the commerce of this world, and to keep the fire of the intention of God alive in your heart more than anything else. That is not the trend. The Lord has a remnant. The Lord has the 7,000. But I mean, we must be aware of the work of the enemy just to diffuse the intention of God in our lives. And I was just, I was out here during worship, and this often happens to me, but uh, once again, amazed, um, thankful, you know, that the Lord meets us. It doesn't have to happen. Lots of stuff going on. I mean, there's a lot of busyness in Gabe G's life. It, and, you know, of the stuff that I put my hand to all day long, you know, what eternal value? Cool. You know, very little. It just, you know, the missile field's going to come and go. Who cares, right? I mean, it just, there's a lot of sweat and blood that goes into it, but there's nothing eternal about that. I, I mean... Again, grand or glorious. As I love what John Stever Cheever said, do give your all to the thing that you're doing. That's, that's a part of the, of the purpose of God. I actually totally love the, the things that our kids um, are taking ownership of here. I love it. Um, barn, landscaping, cooking, you know, uh, all the things that... Um, what they do is they give us opportunity. They give, and, and they're important. They give us opportunity to take ownership of things. Right. Um, to, you know, 
get a piece of, of the purpose of what's going on. I love it. I love seeing all those things. I love, uh, you know, Julian on boats, all the things that are happening where it's yours. You got to do it. You got to be there. I think those are important. Um, because uh, you find purpose. Uh, what, what are we doing here? We're here to serve. That is really the goal of this whole place. Run around, all that goes on, we're here to serve. I mean, you know, it, there's a lot of divergence that happens in, in the scope of all of that, but we're here to serve. Um, and it really is, uh, nothing really matters until you take ownership of it. You know, and, and I think, um, I, I look back at how this was structured from long ago, and I look at the, you know, trucks that were wrecked, vehicle, you know, I remember waking up one time in the berm, and the one time, that's a lie, maybe a couple of times in the Massey-Ferguson. Um, three and a half years I did farming uh, with Mark and, and um, Tom, and it was great, just, you know, and it was a big deal. Like, we didn't, we're not, like, we can go buy another tractor now. No one might even hear about it, right? Back then, when the tractor went down, you know, like, there's a prayer meeting at lunch. I mean, it was serious, you know, like, we got two of these things and the hay is gonna rot, you know? Like, if you ruin the tractor, Everybody was going to know about it at lunch, you know, and, you know, just, it just, it's good to have the weight of that responsibility. There's a re, there's, that is missing in today's world is that responsibility. And I love it. Um, taking, uh, taking action. Um, and that ownership that, that there has got to be, uh, you know, you can tell when a kid starts to get enough and all, we got a lot of girls working in the barn now they're getting up themselves used to be, you know, doing it themselves, going up there. We're all in bed sleeping. I love it. They're getting up early, doing whatever it is. The, the, all the things that are being covered. Um, there's, a, there's a knowledge that this is on me to get done, and, and I care about it now. And there's, and there's uh, a getting, of, uh, you know, getting skin in the game. There, there is nothing else that is, that is more important than really taking ownership of the thing in your life that the Lord is after. Um, and it really is, it takes a quiet ponderance. It takes a... Um, it just takes a waiting upon the Lord. It takes it really takes asking it because the way that the Lord works is not in these big, grand, obvious things. You go to a big job and it's big. I mean, you're just, you know, you're drawn into it. Right. It just that's what even on the work site, competition keeps things going on. It's just it's a fact of life. Pride is what drives projects forward. You know, we have a superintendent that wants to meet a schedule. He wants to impress us. He's going to get it done. He knows what he's doing. And he gets up early and he is driven to get it done, right? And the, I'm watching the iron workers, these guys. I'd never want to do this, guys that have been tying rebar for five years. And you can't even watch what he's doing with his wire. We've tied a lot of rebar. But, I mean, I would never want Dave Brooks to be this fast because it means that this guy's been doing this thing for, like, five years. Like, I mean, I think he pretty much could be asleep just tying wire there. It's just incredible. Um, and we're thankful those guys are working for us. But you can't be asleep at the wheel of what God is bringing forth in your life. And there, if you look through the word, there's a lot of people that just missed it. And you think, how did they miss it? Because some, some really significant things happened in their life that should have woken them up to what God was doing in their life. And it didn't for a long time. And it's okay. David made a comment uh, when he was speaking. You know, he said, he said Jonah... Uh, you know, he said something different, but he said Jonah really wasn't the brightest. He could have taken a different route in the beginning, right? Was it something like that, right? You said he, he could have taken, I wrote it down somewhere. I'll have to read it. But I wrote it down because ah, he could have saved himself a lot of trouble by yielding earlier. That's what David said. You know, I've looked at a lot of storybooks of Jonah and the whale <clears throat> with the little bench and the candle. I don't really think that was how it went on. You know, when you read what he says... 
It doesn't sound like it was coffee break time down there. It sounds like I'm in the pit of hell. The, right, the bars of hell haven't closed me. Uh, here I am. Do you remember me? Do you remember who I am? It wasn't, you know, I wonder if that was a good idea, that little ticket that I bought to go the other direction. I don't, you know. The Lord doesn't do more to you and me than is necessary to keep us on the path. Are you aware of that? The Lord's able to do some big things, you know. We all are, all of our kids are different things. I've said before, what? Raising my kid, different responses, you know. A little word, one kid might, might break their heart. Another one, it might be, you know, it might take all the king's horses and men to, you know, to stop them. You know, just, it, we're all different, right? But you want to be aware of the work of the Lord in your life. If you miss that, everything is lost. You don't want to miss that. It's good to be, it's, you want to keep, it's called having a soft heart. You know what getting a hard heart is? A hard heart is where you just start missing. And it's every day, all the ways in which the Lord is at work in your life. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to miss those. Turn to 1 Corinthians 1. Maybe you believe or don't believe, or maybe you don't yet even understand, and we don't all understand to the full, you know, to the full measure, you know, what, <clears throat> what it means to come to the measure of the stature of Christ. But I'll say this, at some point, you've got to start seeing yourself going where the Lord knows you're going, Right? It seems like that's a high and lofty thing. But, you know, when you go, when you go after a job or something, you, kinda, you start envisioning where that's going. It, it, really, it really takes a consideration of ponderance and really just, Lord, this is what I've been asking myself. I might, I might get off a phone call on my desk and realize the last two hours have just gone by with just, you know, chatter and meetings. Lord, am I aware right now of what is important to you? But, you know, have you because I come to the end of the days and I realize there was a lot of important things. Did I get the thing that was important for me right then? That that that's the one thing you want to get at the end of each day. Lord, what did you have to show me? It's it's just it's always more important than the job. And here we have uh, this is uh, we know this. This is great. But it says uh, we'll take it up in three. First Corinthians one, three. Grace be unto you and peace from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which was given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that, here's the actual reality, ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you to the end. This is, there's nothing that we have Brother Bill has hammered into us that we have access. You have to consider what does that mean? There's nothing that we lack in terms of actually being able to have growth in our life. Nothing. The purpose of God is that we come behind a no gift. Maybe the talent that the Lord gives has given you, the, the measure of faith. He also, he talks about, uh, I think it's in Romans. There's another great passage about uh, the measure of faith that we've been given. And, you know, I don't. you might think of other people of... Uh, yeah, in Ephesians, he talks about every one of us given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Uh, in Romans twelve three, every man that is among you, not think of himself more highly than he ought, but think soberly, according as, as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. 
The measure that God has given you and me to each of us personally is more than enough to accomplish what his purpose is in our life. There's no lack on his part. It, you, you know, you see men of great faith, men maybe that might be struggling, whatever. But the only thing that matters is that today, right now, I stop and say, Lord, I want to give consideration to what you're doing. And I don't want to miss it. There's not a day that I want to miss of the purpose that you have. It's not always the grand and glorious things, but it always really, really matters. Turn to Daniel. I want to look at Daniel, but I don't want to actually talk about Daniel. I want to talk about Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, this guy is amazing. <laughs> Studies of Nebuchadnezzar. It's interesting what the Lord says. I mean, even take Cyrus. You know, you, some of these things that happen, he's like my servant Cyrus. It's like sometimes the Bible reads like these guys came out of the West like a the Hun, and no one knew what was happening, you know, and they just were taking over. It's like, then you read what the Lord says about it. He's like, no, I will send. I will raise up, you know. And I will come and cause to destroy so that you turn your head once. Nobody is ever, you know, running out of the control of God. And I mean, whether they're Aratil the Hun or whether they're, you know, Hitler, there's nobody that's running amiss of the purpose of God. Um, but here's what I want to say. You know, we know that the Lord was after Daniel, right? And, and as I said before, Daniel is an amazing example to me because he was right smack in the middle of the biggest game going on in the world with all the kings. And he kept himself really kept himself close to the ear of God. It's amazing. And just, he kept himself quiet, just literally quietly going to the Lord to seek counsel all the time. And the thing that he said to these guys, have you ever read just what he comes in and says to these guys? Like, it's amazing because they always end up bowing before him. But I mean, like, you know, to come in and be like, you know, it is you, you know, I wish this upon your enemy. We'll look at a few of those things. But I mean, just to walk in there and say the things that Daniel said are just, are just incredible. Um, I'm thinking about what I want to pick up because what I want to say is that uh, the Lord wasn't just after Daniel. If you notice, the Lord was after, he was after Nebuchadnezzar even. Um, it just, if you look at the sequence of events, I just want to breeze this because maybe you've, you've had greater and lesser things in your life, but Nebuchadnezzar, I don't know what school he went to, it was probably the best one. He probably is private scholars, actually. But he was a special ed case. I'm just going to say it. No matter, I don't know who his teachers were, but they didn't get the job done. Because this guy is a slow learner. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, we're not talking about missing Lesson 33 in, you know, pyramidic design. We're talking about, he was in special ed the whole time. I don't know. And I think that you might find... Uh, reading through this, as embarrassing as it is, I think that me and Neb are kind of right in the same class when it comes to slow learning. Like when I consider the things that have happened in my life, uh, the things that the Daniels have come and said to me in English, not just like in spirit, like really that I should have gotten. The things that the Lord has done right for me that have happened over and over again, I'm definitely signing up for special ed. I mean, it just it, that's, that's just the deal. Um, and, and this guy, oh man, it's amazing. If you just read, it's just, it's, uh, reading through this again and kind of making a little timeline, I'm like, are you serious? No way. There's, you know, he had to get it this time. Nope. I mean, it just didn't happen. Um, so we know what, we know what, how this starts, right? I mean, <clears throat> they, they, Daniel's brought in that he gets the, fa the most favored men, right? And we, we've, we've got a musical, we could sing some of this. So you really do know the story. Um, and we know that Daniel purposed in his heart again, this is the start of this, to not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. There's a problem when you, when you 
make your diet the king's meat. I will say that. It is a real problem. And that's what I, I mean, to get specific, for me, for all of us, I don't, the news, sports, whatever, those things are all available to us. And, but that diet is a problem diet. It really will make you dull. Whatever you think, whatever you think is okay, it will just dull you out. There's no end to the streaming that can keep coming on for that. It will make you dull. Uh, anyway, so then, you know, we know that, and, and so the first thing that happens in Nebuchadnezzar, he brings him in, and at the end of 10 days, they look fatter and fairer, and the king communed with them, this is verse 19, and none was found like them in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them. He found them twice as good, no, this is incredible, 10 times better than the magicians. I don't know, that's kind of a funny thing, like, I think you're twice as smart as the smartest magician. You know, these guys are ten times as good. <laughs> this is just outrageous, the funny, you know. I like, you know, I like, you would have thought, they're like, how did they, how did this happen, you know? And this is just, I'm just going to run you through a little sequence of life with Neb. Because it just, it's like, the Lord is, is got Daniel here to work on Nebuchadnezzar's heart. Like, I think we might see Nebuchadnezzar later on in the end. That's my point. And then the second year, you know, he has a dream, right? And he's troubled. And he can't, he can't make the dream out. So he calls all the magicians. No one can figure it out, right? And he's like, we're going to kill them all. There's actually a funny verse in here. Um, and the decree went forth. This is, we're just going to kind of breeze through the highlights of Daniel 2. That all the wise men should be slain. And they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. The way the word says this is, then... Then Daniel, Daniel answered the counsel, with counsel and wisdom to Ariok, the captain of the guard, which was gone forth, to slay the wise men. And he answered and said, why is the decree so hasty from the king? It's just a funny question to me, like, excuse me, what's the rush, you know? Hey, show up at the gallows at 10 tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> what's the rush? This is the funniest thing he says to me. And Daniel went in and desired the king that he would give him time. And then, you know, they pondered and they talked. And no, actually... He went to his house and made the thing known to his companions that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning the secret. And Daniel and his fellows, should not, they should not perish. Anyway, you know what happens. Daniel goes in, he gives him the dream and the interpretation. You know, and Nebuchadnezzar, you know what it says? Uh, it's amazing. He says, um, uh, where does it goes here? And Nebuchadnezzar, in verse 46, fell upon his face and worshiped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. And the king answered Daniel and said, It is a truth that your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, reveal of secrets. Like, this was, should have been a life-changing moment for Nebuchadnezzar. You know what I mean? It just, it's amazing. And I want to say, and the, and the dream was about an image that he had. And he gets the interpretation. Daniel, I didn't read this, but he tells him what's going to happen to him if he doesn't pay attention to the interpretation. And then we go one more verse. And it says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made a gold image. Like, are you serious? Did you know, did you not just remember what just happened, you know, the other day with Daniel telling you what's going on? And he makes it, you know, 60 cubits high and the breadth of it. And he's like, everybody come bow down. And he makes the furnace. Like, this guy is, this guy is good. I'm special ed. I'm telling you, he's, this is slow learning. And, he, and then he, he's watching right and he's like, I think I put three guys in there. I mean, I don't know. This is just, you know, the astuteness level, right? And he sees four and he calls them back out and they come out and he doesn't even find smoke on their, on their right. And Nebuchadnezzar rose up in haste and spake and said, did not we cast three men bound in the midst of fire? And they answered, oh, true, O king. <laughs> 
And he answered and said, uh, excuse me, I see four men loose walking in the midst of fire. And he's like, this is interesting. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Who, you know, or son of man, who's, who is telling him, you know, all, he, the Lord is working directly with Nebuchadnezzar to open his eyes. This is what I want to say. Some amazing things are going on in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. The Lord is at work in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. And he's not getting the picture, you know. And it's like, then he comes up and he calls him out. This is always the greatest to me. Hey, you want to come out? I don't know what, I mean, it just never, it's kind of, uh, I don't know how you could portray that in a movie. But like, when a guy's walking around in a fire and you come up to the door, you're like, and you invite him to come on out. It just seems like, seems a little odd to me, you know. Hey, we'll open the door for you. I don't know what, you know, like, you're the guy walking around the fire. Nebuchadnezzar's going to, so they come out. Like, it just, the point is that the Lord is like trying to say, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm working with you, you know. And he says, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language that speak amiss of the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego should be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made of dunghill. Like, that's not typical news for, you know, Shushan these days, you know. Anyway, so then he comes here and he's like, how great are his signs, how mighty are his wonders. You know where this is going. Nebuchadnezzar, he misses all these things. And what he has to do, he's got to go eat grass like an ox. I mean, I would like to not have to come to that point in my life. This is the point of the whole message. The Lord can keep stepping up the things he's doing in your life. And in his mercy, he will. But it would be far better to take stock of the little ways that the Lord is stopping you today. It would be better to take stock of the little voice that says, ah, this is the way. Walk in it. It would be better to recognize, Lord... This is something, this is a relationship right now that is, that is in my life, that is unresolved, that I think is more important than the work that I'm doing. Lord, uh, the Spirit of the Lord makes aware to me a comment that I said that really wasn't okay. Those things are all so much more important than all of the commerce of life. They're the things that actually matter in the Lord's economy that weigh in the scales a lot bigger than building pyramids and flying planes and making, you know, Hoover Dam. That's what actually matters to him. Yeah. And, and the fact is, the God of the universe lets us just kind of, huh, you know, I'm going to think about something different, you know. Yeah, I should get to that. At some point, I should get to that. I should really attend to that, you know. The Lord's brought that to mind four times. I should attend to that. Give it your all. I mean, this is what, this is what the risk of having a hard heart is, is that you just, you're just found doing the thing that you're doing, missing the thing that the Lord is actually after. Whitestone's going to keep going. Business is going to keep going. There's going to be people that come up and care. I know those things are going to happen. But what, what is of great risk today that, that is, is missing? And again, we know the Lord's going to stay after us, but I don't want it to be that way. Hearken early. There's, there's so many blessings that come to those that hearken early. I love it what, when it says to Elijah, like he's out and there's like thunder and lightning. There's a fire and there's this still small voice. And Elisha... Elijah knows to recognize the still small voice. That's, that's great. You know, that's fantastic. Jacob wakes up. He's like, man, the Lord was in this place. And guess what? I didn't even know it. You know, it's like Balaam, you know, going to work every day. I kind of, <laughs> I can totally see myself, you know, just on the boat going to work like Balaam. Just, you know, beat this thing. We're going to get up there and get faster. You know, and the Lord is standing in the way with a flaming sword and, you know, Special ed dude is here. No clue that the Lord's trying to say something to me and that it's happened maybe four or five times. You know, you know, little events stack up and you're like, huh, maybe the Lord is trying to tell me something, you know, 
Maybe that's the Lord trying to, maybe my wife or my sister or somebody that said this to me, maybe I need to stop and listen to this, you know? We want to be taking action with the things God is after. We don't want to miss it, you know? He's there and the angel is the most, you know, we know that he, he gets the point of talking to his donkey and the angel stops and is like, you know, if you wouldn't have had a smart donkey, he's going to say something else that worked out, you would have been killed just a few minutes ago, you know? Like, say a thank you to your donkey that just saved your life. Like, committed. This guy is just committed to going and doing today, right? Totally missing what the Lord is after. There is a great scripture. This is what um, I was going to say about Isaiah 57. We're, we are going to close. And we'll just, we can actually look at one chapter. I I, I'm going to tell you what I got out of this because I want to go to Isaiah 42. But in 57, there's one line here that is right where I've been at. I think it's verse 10. I think it's what stuck with me. Yeah, this is, this is if this doesn't smack you... Thou art wearied in the greatness of thy way. It's like, oh man, what a bummer to work so hard for the wrong thing. You know, I mean, that's what I mean. That's the worst thing that I can think of is that I stop being aware of the work of the Lord. That is the worst thing I can think of. It doesn't matter what else gets done. Yet thou saidest not, you know, like you didn't get it. There is no hope for thou hast found the life of thy hand. Man, is the thing you're doing exciting enough that you can forget about the work of the Lord? This is what, this is what millions of people have happened. It just, the love of God grows cold. Like, I don't want that to happen. There's plenty of stories about that. Like, no, I don't want that to be that. Lord, do whatever you need to do. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm Nebuchadnezzar, whatever it is, you know. Do whatever you need to do. If I need to eat grass, that sounds extreme, but... but I, I don't want to miss it. That's what I want to say. I don't want to do all this. I don't want to have done 45 years and 46 years. Yikes. I don't want to do all of that and miss it. Right? That's, I want there to be a hunger in my heart that is not waning, that is growing for what the Lord is doing. Everything else is going to keep going. It doesn't matter. There's going to be wars. There's going to be great inventions. There's going to be things. Think outside the box and give more effort. Give more. It's not, it's not just effort, but it's purpose. There has to be intention with what the Lord is doing in your heart. I, I just, so turn to Isaiah 42, because this is, this is the last bit of bad news we're going to read. Then we're going to read a piece of good news. Um, and we've read this before. This is the end of Isaiah 42. Oh. My kids are going to tell me I was talking too fast. I'm trying to get out of here. I listen to myself and I'm like, that guy is talking really fast. When I'm up here, it seems like it's really slow. Like, it seems like I could give an opening around to other people that have spaces in between what they say and I could get up here and I could just, we could get two things done at once, but I'm trying to slow down. It seems like it's really slow, but I'm trying to slow down. It's like you're on the phone with sometimes somebody, I'll, I'll call somebody like a salesperson and I'm like, they answer the phone, I ask a question and there's nothing. Like, Hello? Are we still together on this, you know? What happened over there? I'm still here. Are you still there? Anyway. Okay. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will hearken and hear for the time to come? Who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? Did not the Lord? Like, you've got to read the word knowing what the Lord is after. Because a lot of bad things happen. But the purpose of those things was the Lord was just working with his people. It wasn't like unfortunate bad things happened because God didn't know about it. Did not the Lord against whom we have sinned? 
for they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient unto his law. Therefore he hath poured upon him the fury of his anger and the strength of battle. And it hath set him on fire round about, yet he knew it not. Holy cow, I mean, how much more, how much more dramatic does God have to get in my life? The Lord has done some very specific dramatic things. They're not, they're not like atomic bomb level, but they are personally an atomic bomb level where there shouldn't need to be any more said, but, but there does. And, and, you know, it would, not, it would not be good to keep going and say, Lord, like, lay it to heart. What, what do you need to do with the work of the Lord? You need to lay it to heart. What do you need to be concerned about today? Yeah, build those great things. But break out of the box and realize, Lord, I want to lay to heart not all the interesting things, not all the rest of the things the world is doing. I want to lay to heart what you're after in my life. I will close with... Uh, where is that? Oh, too many scriptures here. Yeah, Luke 23. We're going to close here. This is great. Just in case you think that the Lord can't change things in a hurry. This is just, we all know this, but I read this again this morning. And man, it just wiped me off my feet because of the care of God. Luke 23 and 39. And again, the point is, are you aware? Are you aware that the life of Christ that is coming forth in you is just, it is so far more important than anything else that is going on. And that the Lord is really fully, fully committed to making that happen. And whatever your idea of, of what that person is, at some point we have to start seeing ourselves as stepping into this role. We have to start seeing ourselves of not being mere men, but saying, Lord, I actually, if I'm called here and I'm going to end up here, you know where I'm going. I want to start taking, taking action, taking steps of growth toward making these changes. How, and I'm telling you, there is just no way. I can tell you the last couple weeks, I've gone after a couple little habits, a couple, whatever your opinions that are there, so whatever they are. If you just strike out to try to kill those things, talk about futility. There is just no way. You know, I mean, I know some things that got to go. I've spent some time pondering about how those things need to go. Like, it's kind of embarrassing that you're this old and still doing, you know, you tell your kids, you're 13 now. This is for a two-year-old, you know, like you're 46 now. This should have been over with a long time ago. You know, that's true. <clears throat> what is the method? You know, what I think... I think the only things that, that happen that take place in my life of real change is that I actually stay on the Lord to help me with those things. I don't know anything else. Just, Lord, I made a lot of resolves, but you know what? And, I, and today, I blew it again. I'm going to stay on you again today. Luke 23, 39, we'll close with this. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering, rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man, having done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. What was going on before this? Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. 
And Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Here's a guy, got here, caught, convicted, you know, beyond special ed, on the cross. But he, he's here and he just woke up to what God was doing. Like, it's <laughs> all that it took. Today you're with me in paradise. He didn't like, tomorrow, come see me here, we're going to start lessons. No, today you're with me in paradise because you got the point of the whole thing. Yeah. Keep your heart soft. We uh, spent a lot of time picking on, I have, on Jonah. He, he really was a solid prophet before uh, he got the uh, bad passage. Um, and, and I believe that until resurrection, there will still be the overpowering, I can't get there. There's no way for me to do this. It will be juxtaposed by side by side with the strength and a greater knowledge if you continue. The boring part of this is largely we don't want to offer ourselves completely. There's a holding back, and you mentioned that very well. Um, let me just say this. Um, you know, you, those who observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. My goodness, without mercy, we don't go at all. And we don't get mercy unless there's hope that, that God will do this in us. And I, I'm going to instruct, I think, and I really would like the artists to listen to me on this. But um, don't be too hard on yourself about slow growth or special ed. Because everybody in this room from the time they were born again, had everything pertaining to life and godliness. I'm 88, embarrassing carcass standing before you. Okay, and what can I do about it? Not now. I can't rearrange my yesterdays. But I, but I do think the danger, and you, and you almost sounded that way, and I have too, the danger is thinking, okay, now I've got to really get after it. Now I've got to know that I can get after it. And I need to say, God, put the cry in my heart to stay with you, to keep my head under. And I'm going to read this to you now, and I think it's a conclusion or anything. Uh, and please, I wish somebody would make a little poster of it. Because it's... Uh, it is clear. And this is a vital word to us, by the way. And uh, when you think that God took a king and put him out in a field eating alfalfa, you know, look at his green lips, you know. When this guy spits, it's green. You know, and to what degree was he cut off? It's almost beyond the imagination. But anyway, here it is. And, and please, I wish everybody in the room would turn to Ezekiel 36, because I think it's the answer for us. And I'd like it on the wall, maybe in a couple of places. Okay. Thus saith the Lord God, 
I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel. And, and, and our brother made that very clear. Are we going to ask? It's the asking. It's the, I help. I looked around here today and I saw faces, oh, maybe eight or ten. Faces on, of indifference. No pencil in their hand. No uh, uh, connectivity to what was going on. And as I was looking, there was a judgment in my heart. And I said, well, Greg, you've been the same guy. You've sat there with your agenda in your mind. You've done that at 60, 70, you know. So don't you be judging anybody, okay? We, we really need to cry out for one another. Because if, uh, if, if Richard's in trouble and Pam is, is hurting and, and you're dead in your tracks and someone is uh, faced with cancer, all of us suffer. I don't know how. Don't ask me. I've never heard anybody say, if one member suffers, we all suffer. But if there's indifference in the camp, I get it. Ah, who cares? So we need to believe, God help me cry for the people. But here it is. Here it is again. I don't want to lose it. For thus says the Lord God, I will yet, yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel. To do it for them. Say it with me. To do it for them. You cannot do it. He will do it for you. Any progress I've had, he did it. Any progress you get, he does it. And we'll still, you know, we, I don't know, we've said this enough, but so help me. You're liable to hear me getting up and saying, all right, now with some unction, like somehow I, I could pull it off. Folks, it's total dependency. I've been talking to God, how on earth do I have a sustained, contrite heart? It's ridiculous. And so God says, I'll do it. If you try it, and, and hasn't he, you know, Really, you're really talking, and our sister said it the other day very well. You said it very well. We're not who we were. We're not going the same way. Okay? And if, if, there, if we lag behind, you know, but he's going to do it for us. I will do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock. God help us. May you have a good weekend. Hardworking, wonderful people, caring for each other. My goodness, in the eyes of God, we're millionaires. We throw thousands of dollars here and there and over the place. We probably spend enough money on fans and lights that aren't turned off to uh, start three or four farms, you know? And God knows that he, he's got it all. He lets us... Be lavish, lavish, and there are people uh, all over the world starving for what you had. And one of the most important things you heard today was this, and it's been repeated several times. There's nobody on earth, no matter how far they've gone in the natural, that are doing anything any more important than you're doing just keeping 
your soul under God himself. Stand and lead and step. Come over here, Aaron. Yes. Yes, and my wife wanted to say something too, and I cut her off. I'm going to put her before you sit there and wait for Elizabeth or Russell. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, we don't, we can't judge our own, uh, what the Lord's doing in our own lives as well as other people can. And I just want to say, I have been so touched by the work that's being done and the planning and the tremendous things happening for the youth camp because our lives were specifically affected by a youth camp at where Nelson and Jason Wheeler were touched by the Lord there at a youth camp and changed their lives and our lives. And I, I've had the privilege of going with Diana to check on things and we've come across things happening that are the most exciting things and steady and heavy work and I just want to congratulate all of you because we can't see everything you're doing at the bases and all, right. but we can see what you're doing. And I pray that the, the kids that come and our kids appreciate what the Lord's doing because it's to see his adventure. Yeah, and, and, and also, also the, you know, for, for Gabe to get up here and say, I don't, we couldn't do this without God giving us the guy who can do it, we're there to learn. And, and God will sustain that because somebody's gonna come along. And I told you years ago, they come along and said, you guys at Whitestone, there's nothing like you. You're smart, you're together, you're doing this right. And I said, oh my God, what a dangerous thing to be enveloped in your own wash of goodness. Go ahead, honey. Thank you. Well, I just really wanted to confirm this word because last night I was walking <coughs> outside just to shut my greenhouse. And um, I, I had this voice come to me and said, well, you know, when I, you know, you all know I've been going through something this week and it does make you stop and examine your life. And this voice um, said to me, um, gosh, if you died tomorrow, what would you be known for? What did you really do? And, um, I, I, I really did. I just I stopped right in my tracks in the middle of the yard and just said, well, Lord, I hope that I was pleasing to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought so much for us that this was really a word of the Lord for each one of us to take that time to say, like Gabe started out with, like I didn't do some great thing. I, I certainly didn't build Hoover Dam. I never wanted to step on the moon. You know what I mean? And, but to examine the gift that the Lord has given us and not to be miserly with what the Lord has given us. Because he's given us a great opportunity to have a heart of care and of giving and being generous in what he's given to us. Father, thank you for the clarity that you must do this. And give us a heart that's not divided that it's clear that we continue to say help. It's a new day. And if today we hear your voice, we hear it tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow until you say, well done, mm -hmm. amen.